Hey friends, thanks for joining in on another episode of Cast the Word. Today is the last episode of our past, present, and future series, and in our topic today, we're going to be discussing Eden Restored. Guys, thanks so much for joining in today. It's almost hard to believe, but we are finally wrapping up the past, present, and future series. This is our 11th episode in the series as a whole, and I really hope you guys have enjoyed this series as much as I have. If you've missed any of the previous seasons, feel free to check them out. We separated the series into three parts, focusing on first the past, then the present, and now we're in the future. And we titled these seasons Rewind for the Past, play and pause for the present, and now we're in the future, and we're now on our last episode of the Fast Forward season, where we're focusing on future events and things to come. In the last episode, we discussed God's promises, and we went through just a few of the promises that are offered to us through God's Word on what we can expect in the future to live with a future and a hope, and and that's what God has intended for all of us, right? And in this episode, we're going to be discussing Eden Restored. Now, if you are new to this podcast, first off, thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe so that you can be notified of future episodes. And just as a reminder, Cast the Word is now on Twitter, so if you have a Twitter account, search for us there and follow us for um, future updates. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram too. So with that being said, we're going to dive into the last episode of this series. We read in Genesis chapter one that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the sun and the moon, told the sun when to rise and when to set. He created the oceans and the mountains and told the oceans they can only come so far. He created the birds in the air, the fish in the sea, and the animals on the ground. He created the trees, the vegetation, the fruit, and every green thing. And then he decided to create man in his image. And he gave the man dominion over everything that was created. And he did all this in seven days. God then planted the man, Adam, in the Garden of Eden. God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruits. A river flowed from the land of Eden, watering the garden and separating out into four branches. And the Bible continues to explain to us in Genesis 2 the beauty that was found from this river and from the garden. It was a perfect paradise highlighting the wonderful creation God had made, and he did it for us. And he placed man into the garden to watch over it. But God warned Adam and Eve that every fruit could be eaten of except the fruit that came from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God warned if you eat of this tree, you shall die. And through the temptation of the snake, Adam and Eve both gave into that temptation and they ate the fruit and sin entered into the heart of man from that point forward. And we've been living with it ever since. The sin that entered man's heart separated him from the holiness of God and it impacted the lives that we live leading up to this very day. And because of the sin that entered into man's heart, God banished Adam and Eve from the perfect garden of Eden. And he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. And because of the sin within our own hearts, we have required salvation from our sins to be reunited with God. But because we are imperfect and unholy, it required the second Adam to come to perfect the walk of man and to die a horrible death for the remission of our sins. This second Adam, which is Jesus, came and lived a perfect life. And because of Jesus's blood and the remission of our sins, when we seek forgiveness, we are now on our path back to Eden. But it's not the garden represented in Genesis. It's similar. It's a type. But instead, now we are headed towards a restored Eden to live the life God had purposed for us way back when during the time of creation. 
So throughout this series, we have done a complete circle. We started in the past where we discussed Old Testament biblical stories that offer encouragement for us today. We talked about Abraham, Samson, Jonah, and Moses. And I purposefully left out the story of Adam and Eve in that season because I knew I wanted to end this series talking about the garden. Then we move to where we are now in the present and some important topics we must understand so that we can have a hope-filled future. And finally, we moved into the future where we are now, where we have recently discussed things like heaven and hell, the promises of God. And today, of course, we're talking about the garden. And here we're ending where it all started. The Garden of Eden. The Garden was created and intended for us to live a perfect life working for God with our hands in His image, in creativity and in peace. But because of sin, we became banished from the Garden and are instead laboring away in pain and anguish, trying to satisfy the deep desires of our own hearts. But we'll never be satisfied as long as we keep going to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, doing what God instructed us not to do. God is the only true satisfaction that can be offered in this life and in the life to come. And as soon as we understand that, the sooner we can also grab onto the promises of God in the future, which is that Eden will one day be restored as an inheritance for those that are under the blood of Christ. This whole story of man started in the Garden of Eden, and it's going to end for us going to the Garden of Eden again, the restored Eden. And if we accept Christ in our lives as our personal Lord and Savior, then it will end with us being restored in Eden once again and not be banished. In the future, paradise will be restored for God's creation, for those of us that choose to accept the free gift of His salvation. I want to read to you guys a few uh, bits of an article that I read from the Hope Channel. It's talking about paradise being restored, and I'm going to go through some of this. It's an article written by a man named Sean Boonstra. I don't know of this guy other than reading uh, this article. The article is called Paradise Restored, so if you're interested in this topic, feel free to check that out. I really enjoyed the article, and I wanted to just call it out because I'm going to be reading some of his words through this. So the author says that in regards to paradise being restored, it doesn't take much to persuade most people that something's wrong with the world we live in today. There's nothing perfect about the world that we're living in. However, Christians don't attribute this to some sort of flaw in humanity's material existence. Instead, we attribute it to the damage done to God's perfect creation by our rebellion. The universe is marred and our existence is brutal because we have made it that way by an act of treason against our Creator. The Bible's account of human history begins with God's creation of a perfect man and woman, but it moves quickly to their being escorted out of the Garden of Eden, doomed to live under a curse. That's the point when our lives became difficult, when our existence was a matter of living by the sweat of our brow until we returned to the dust of the ground. But what's remarkable is the persistent love of the Creator. He intends to restore creation to what it was in the beginning, and He insists on giving back everything we gave away. Isn't that love? The story of our painful life on this earth ends with that curse being lifted and the Garden of Eden being restored. And we read about this through John's revelation in Revelation 21 and, and uh, chapter 4 as well. And some of those verses say, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. God will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. No longer will there be any curse. God's holy city will descend to the planet 
which has been completely restored after the wicked have been put out of their misery. We, we read about this in Revelation as well, about the new Jerusalem, that John saw a new heaven and a new earth. God is even now rebuilding a real home for us, another Eden, populated by real people engaged in real lives, except that the things that plague us most in this life will no longer be present. Isn't that great, guys? He goes on to say that in Isaiah 65 as well, that God's promises that those who inhabit the next world will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. That's from Isaiah chapter 65 verse 21 and 22. God goes on to promise that the redeemed will not toil in vain or bear children doomed to misfortune, for they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox, but dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. And that's verses 23 through 25. There's a reason why these passages from Isaiah stir deep emotions, the author goes on to say. They speak to our deepest needs. There's a memory within us of Eden in every human heart which is the reason we find our present existence so problematic. We instinctively remember that there's something better. Guys, there's sin in the world that we live in today, and that sin causes these problems that we are faced with, that we see in our society on the political side and, and thereon. We are infiltrated with sin, and as soon as we neglect God and turn to our sin, that's when the problems come. We read this over and over and over throughout the Bible. History has always repeated itself. And when we read some of those historical books in the Bible, like we've talked about in this podcast, the book of Judges, for example, breaking that cycle of defeat, that is where we are today. And it's sad, guys, but there is hope. There is encouragement for us to be motivated to live better lives, to, to go forward. And, and that hope is only Jesus. There's nothing good in any of us. We are all deeply flawed. We are all under the curse. But God offers hope through his son that one day we'll enter into the restored Eden to live for all of eternity. And that's a great hope and encouragement for all of us today. It's still in God's master plan to return us back to that garden. Have you ever walked around in nature and just stopped and looked around? I do this from time to time and, and it always amazes me when you really just stop and just, just meditate on God for a moment. The other day my son and I went hiking and in the back of my mind I just kept thinking that what I'm seeing is God's masterpiece. Our earth is God's canvas. And he painted such a beautiful picture for us to live in. The earth beneath the ground, the water in the creek, the trees coming from the ground, he created all of that and he made it for us. Next time you're outside, look around you and appreciate the things that we take so much for granted today. Next time on a clear night, go outside and stare up at the star-filled sky. Everything in God's creation screams of a majestic creator. Now, I'm not saying worship the creation because some do do that. Instead, recognize the worship the creation is given back to the creator. There is no therapeutic medicine, I believe, that a doctor can prescribe that outdoes that of spending time with God outside, breathing in the air and worshiping the Lord with his creation. 
There's something powerful about that. We get so bogged down with our daily responsibilities, friends, that I fear we let time slip away in the midst of our work and the chaos of our lives. We've got to slow down and appreciate again the basic things of life. As an adult, we spend our whole life working away, many of us in some type of an office setting, sitting down and and typing away at a computer, but that's not the work God intended on us to, to work in our lives. One of the things that I'm looking most forward to is the work that I can do in the future when paradise is restored for me. The author of the article I was referring to earlier also said this, that after a lifetime of virtual slavery laboring for someone else in this restored Eden eternity future, we will enjoy the works of our hands. Of course, everything we do will be done to the glory of the Creator and He will own everything, but we know He understands the satisfaction we feel in creativity and accomplishment because we were made in His image. And God is creative. Look at the earth that we live on. Look at this rock and the universe and the stars. I mean, God is the ultimate uh, creative being and he made us in his image and it's awesome to be able to share that with him we will be permitted to enjoy the things that bring us the deepest satisfaction and bring the highest honor to his name he goes on to say this about the animal world as well which i thought was interesting so i want to read this too our sin took a toll on the whole planet changing the entire order of existence for all of god's creatures there even came a point when the fear of human beings had to be instilled into the members of the animal kingdom Genesis 9 verse 2. All this will be reversed when God restores his creation. We will never have to wonder whether a dog is about to attack us or whether it's safe for our children to play in the woods. Pain, suffering, and death will be over with. Isn't it crazy to think about these things? It's so different than how we live today, right? The future life to come is going to offer us so much more satisfaction than what we have down here, friends. Nothing down here really gives us the satisfaction that God intended except God. Quit chasing for men and women to feel the satisfaction desire in your heart. They're always going to fall short. No one's going to fill that hole for you except for God. Don't look for things or drugs or alcohol to fill this emptiness within you either. God is the only one that can fill that hole. Men and women across the globe spend their lifetime trying to fill the hole in their heart through the sin of pleasure offered in this life. No one and no thing can restore us to the way that God intended for us to be and no one and no thing can fill that hole in our hearts better than Jesus. When sin came in, God left, and we've got to deny ourselves and pick up the cross and accept Christ. This series started in our discussion about the past. The past in the Old Testament offers some lessons of what to do and what not to do, starting from Adam and Eve to Samson to Jonah to uh, Abraham and, and to Moses and so on. Over and over, we read some encouraging stories in the Old Testament that can offer help for us today in our walk. And this season is ending, discussing right where it all began. Friends, never lose hope, never lose your encouragement. If you can't find encouragement through friends and family, then encourage yourself in the Lord like David did. Encourage yourself by reminding yourself that you're on the way to the promised land. You're on the way to your restored Eden. You may be facing a thousand Philistines like Samson, or you may be facing a Pharaoh in your life like Moses did or the Red Sea. But take the jawbone of a donkey, the sword of the spirit, and take that spiritual rod over your Red Sea and remind yourself, thus saith the Lord, and watch God turn that sea into a highway and watch God make your enemies flee from you. Remind yourself that this whole story started in a garden. And as long as we're on the right path, it's gonna end for us in a garden as well. And in that restored garden, your eternal home, you'll live an eternal life that has no comparison 
comparison to the life you're living right now. Even if you're a millionaire, it's nothing compared to what you'll live like in the future Eden. God is preparing a place for you. God wants to spend eternity with you in the future. Run into his arms, lay down the apple that we cling to so much, and recognize that there is nothing this world can offer that compares to what God can provide. I hope you have enjoyed this series, guys. Never forget that in Christ, we're headed towards restoration. We're headed towards living the life God has always planned for us, and we're going to take off this corruptible body and put on incorruption through Christ. Friends, don't forget to find and follow us on social media and be on the lookout for our next journey together. I'm already stoked about what is to come in the future for us. I've already got some ideas that I feel like the Lord is going to be working through this podcast, and I'm super excited about that. Don't forget to tune in. Let's all do our part to cast the word. Guys, stay strong in the faith, and I look forward to talking to you next time.